hearing this? Anybody hear that? How can we possibly have the slightest idea what to expect? Well, we're back. Hold on to your butts. Welcome to the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic, including the movies, TV shows, music, toys, and more. In episode 363, we present part two in our multi-part look at the score for Jurassic Park. Caleb Burnett is back once again for Dino Score, the music of the Jurassic Park franchise. As we give you our thoughts on the Mr. DNA sequence, we talk about a few pieces uh, on the score that are not actually in the film and how that changed uh, quite a bit and changed the tone of that scene. And we also uh, wrap things up by talking about Dennis Steals the Embryo, which is a really great track as well. Something so different, drastically different than we've heard on a Jurassic score. So uh, stay tuned. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait for you to hear this one. Of course, while you're listening to this episode, hit us up over on Instagram, threads, TikTok, and of course over on YouTube to continue the conversation from this episode. And as always, please check out our weekly live streams over on YouTube discussing all of the latest Jurassic news from around the world, Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. each and every week. Now, next week, Caleb and I are going to be completing our journey with the original score for Jurassic Park um, in a very massive episode. It's our longest uh, music look yet for this score, and we're going to be talking about uh, a friendly Brachiosaurus, some very lullaby, dreamlike sequences. Uh, there's going to be a very hungry raptor on the loose. Uh, there is a massive finale with the T-Rex and so much more with the themes. I cannot wait for you to hear that one as well, so please stay tuned for that episode next week. But for now, let's go ahead and continue our look with part two of John Williams' incredible score for Jurassic Park in Dinoscore, the music of the Jurassic Park franchise. And this is where I'm going to um, skip the track listing, and we're gonna go. We're gonna do it. We're doing what I want wanted done in the first place. It's so and... funny that the <laughs> Jurassic Park album is like a puzzle game, and you listen, and you're like, where Where does this fit yeah. with the film? Where does this? It's so really interesting. This is where the Mr. DNA sequence belongs, right? So yeah. we we gotta. It's all around here for a little bit and listen to this because, like, Mr. DNA, where did you come from? From your blood. Like, this is another one of those things where I, I just want to say the whole thing. It's so awesome. Mm. 
You can basically visualize yeah. Bugs Bunny running around with a big mallet, oh, just like smashing. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. Like, it's so like vintage cartoon. Go listen to Ger- some Gershwin, like American in Paris. After this, after you listen to this podcast, and you'll see the hear the resemblance to this. This is, you know, I talked about the jazz chords earlier. This is John Williams saying, hey, I can really throw some weird jazz harmony and some fun harmonic cartoony things in. Yeah, well, when the when you when you're tasked with creating an in-world song and some diegetic music to go along that all the characters are hearing, they are all even though John is like Oh, of course the score is not finished or whatever. You know, it's going to have some... Boom, like, it sounds finished to me. I always thought... <laughs> I always thought that was super funny. It was like, this... I don't know, man. This score feels like it would work. <laughs> it feels right. It feels like a lot of effort went into making this score, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I just love it because, you know, and the, the track is called Stalling Around, which refers to Carl Stalling, who, who created all those songs from like looney tunes and like er- some early disney stuff as well and it's just perfectly Brad, reminiscent confession, of confession i i did not know that little <gasps> factoid that Ooh. you just stated i did not know that <laughs> well, i did now, not know that was a reference to him i did not know that's what that was that's that's fantastic that's really cool <laughs> i don't know how i didn't know that but i didn't know that <laughs> so interesting and this is where, you know, the score is only temporary, you know. It, it, yeah, sure, John. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So since, we, get, we get diegetic music on the screen, and then we get John Hammond. Yeah. Like it's, humming music. It's perfect that it is that, like, you know, Mr. DNA is the Mickey Mouse to Jurassic Park, you know, like. That mm-hmm. is the character, you know, that is the character that John would go on to probably sell tons of merch for. Oh, um, uh, Brad, you just stumbled onto something. Like, if if Jurassic had its own, like, large theme park, Mr. DNA would be, like, uh, he would be the guy. Front and center. Like, there would be TV shows that, like, Universal is not properly utilizing this character. You know, like, it's, it, and I just, you know, I just watched the, um, lego jurassic park unofficial retelling and in the in a kid's story they cut off mr dna mid-sentence i'm like this is a kid's show why did you just stop mr dna from talking um Mm -hmm. so but here i want to play something i don't know i have not like checked these or anything but i i'm just going on to um uh spotify and just press and play on some carl stalling projects just to see oh you know I mean, you know, same sort of bombastic, silly. Yeah. And obviously yeah. we know this, like everybody knows this. <laughs> so it's like, it's very much trying to reference that. Like you could see Miss, Miss, well, from your blood, I'm Mr. DNA. Hello. You know, like you could hear him like bouncing around the screen with to music <laughs> like that. So... It Check would take Carl four Stalling. years to watch the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know what this song is, but thinking machines, supercomputers, and gene sequencers. You know, like you could. These hardworking cowpokes. 
Uh, so yeah, the music the music works. So check out Carl Stallings' music, I guess. Uh, you know, to yeah, kind of hear and, and what and that to, referred to. Yeah, and listen to some Gershwin American in Paris also. Okay, so, yeah. all right. But uh, so anyway, that is that comes like late, way later on the track list thing. I think it's like twenty nine or something like thirty. Actually, apparently, uh, is that is that accurate? I don't know. But um, super far down the list. So we'll cut back into the score here, where we just we left off with Journey to the Island. We stumbled upon stalling around, and now we're gonna witness the hatching of a baby raptor. Yes. So this is the film version. Cool. This track was also on the original score as well, but I believe it included an, another cue as well, Life Finds a Way, um, which oh, comes yeah. much later in the film, but it pairs so perfectly with it because it's about hatching baby raptors. So, mm-hmm. Very ethereal, very haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's awe-inspiring, like you're in awe of what's happening, but it also has just this little tinge of this is this is odd. This is mysterious. This is um, maybe not a good idea. Deny them that? I've been present for the birth of every little creature on this island. I think we're going to listen back and, and realize that all of our quotes are, are perfectly in sync with the film. I think so. <laughs> that man, so angelic. Just like, yeah. I'm pretty sure there was like an angel behind Grant holding the <laughs> rafter, you know, just flapping its wings like angels in the outfield or something. Um, (laughs) but yeah it's super beautiful and uh, like I said on the original score Hatching Baby Raptor the same track here it's kicked off the same way um, and then transitions into this part which comes much later in the film when um, Alan finds a, a raptor egg in the wild but listen how perfectly you know it's essentially part two of of that absolutely track. yeah totally so we'll listen to that again in a little bit but uh that is the first part of of that piece i guess you could say oh uh, and that um, that cue is like basically directly quoted when they're in the lab in jurassic park three like it's mm, almost the yeah. exact same music yeah very so. ethereal as well yeah for sure um and this is this is more so like the direct follow-up um, track number seven here, you bred raptors. What species is this? Mm-hmm. 
It kind it's of like super, super, uh, you know, a bit dissonant. Like mm-hmm. it just, as with the rest of the score, it just tells you exactly the tone and the emotions of the scene. Like it describes them to you perfectly. Like hearing that music, you're like, oh, that's, you know, that's a bad thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And that one was not on any previous recordings. So that was, uh, you know, a very short piece there. But, you know, uh, sometimes there's just like little tiny cues within there. And basically this mm-hmm. one to me almost feels like like kind of like Indiana Jones is just like thrown into a pit and like he's got to kind of decipher what's going on. He's got maybe got some snakes in the corner. It feels oddly similar to something like that. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, maybe John referring to himself in a way, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just definitely a bit of major concern there for what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so now we're going to pick up with the history lesson. So we kind of skip ahead a little bit. We've, we've passed, you know, the, uh, the, the Raptor, you know, uh, uh paddock sequence there, uh, in the, in the pen. And then we also passed like the conversation in the lunchroom area and now we're we're outside again with the history lesson here and we did mention this one a little bit before yeah i hear this and i hear the instrumentation choices and i think like just childlike innocence it just sends that message Mm-hmm. get the jurassic park theme here in a second Island fanfare main theme, I suppose I should say. (laughs) It's all interchangeable. (laughs) It it all works. Theme again. This you know, one, you, um, when they get to the island, it's so massive with the fanfare thing, and then here it's so yeah, low key. I just love that. Uh, it's, it's just it's kind so of wandering, some just some notes wandering around very playfully, but like it works so well. Um, this one was uh, first released on the twentieth anniversary, I believe. Um, and like I said earlier, it, it mashed up with the um, entrance of Mr. Hammond. I think I played that before, right? Yeah. You um, yeah. So, yeah. But um, but it, they just work so well together because, like I said before, they're both so playful. Um, but, yeah, I love I love that track so much. And it's, again, another track that's like, hey, I could just, like, quote these parts, you know? Like, which car were you thinking of? riding in or whatever and it's like whichever one you are you know like you can you can hear these dialogue moments back and forth Um, uh i'm gonna ride with uh dr sadler (laughs) um so we're continuing on our uh our little tour with the jurassic park gate and the tour moves on (laughs) now this one i love this cue so much me too again this one like is where john works so well at at balancing like hey we were just inside in the lab or or not the lab but the uh, control room and now this is not a control room this is the jungle we are out in the jungle now we are traversing driving these vehicles i could hear the electric hum of the explorer like 
got the progression. Great instance of the Jurassic Park theme in yep. this queue. What have they got in there, King Kong? Great variation on that theme, too. You hear those notes? Like, to me, it almost sounds like I'm hearing, like, the control room. Like, I'm hearing, yeah, like, some sort of beeping going off from the computer or something. Every time I hear that part, I'm like, well, we're back in the control room now, and the voice you're hearing is Richard Kiley. We spared no expense. Like, so you, <laughs> yeah. And now you're like, okay, well, now they're out in the jungle again and not seeing the dinosaur that they want to see. And it's just so clear like where we are in the movie absolutely it's so incredibly well written and orchestrated and the instrument choices are just perfect from moment to moment and it's incredible and this part is is so interesting because like there's those really like sour dour sounds like like that noise whatever that was and like that moment in the movie is nothing overtly wild it's just them looking at an empty jungle <laughs> so it's like it's like interesting that that's that was the you know the score used there but um yeah i thought that was pretty cool though like it's interesting how there's just like blank space there it's just like the jungle oh yeah it's it's just it's musical disappointment but it's also kind of like it to me i've always it's always hit me as being sort of like squawky like the dilophosaurus a little bit but yeah and next up here we're gonna we're going to visit some uncharted territory, I think, for, for a minute here, because um, this is uh, it's kind of uncharted, but it did appear on the <laughs> the original score. It was, um, I believe, in eye to eye, but it was not mm -hmm. actually in the film. It was not like it was not there. It was just mm -hmm. empty. It was just a, you know, a, a sequence in the film that could have. I think not been as good if it had included the score to be honest mm -hmm. i think i think this movie um really really just excels it's hard to say when we're analyzing how brilliant the score is but i think this movie really excels at not using music as well like absolutely it, it's it does it so brilliantly and and so much more than um movies today even the jurassic world movies there's times in the jurassic world movies where it feels like it's just score from start to, to finish and there's yeah. no gap there's no room for breath but this movie i think part of the reason why it feels so um so so wild and untamed and and um i don't know i just it feels unruly because there's no score at times and you're just left to wonder on your own you're not getting a signal as to how to feel because you don't really know. You're, you're not sure what to expect because there is no music to tell you, ooh, that sounds like it's going to be bad news. Or, oh, that's obviously we're in a, we're going in a good direction because the music is happy. But, like, yeah. this is not that. And and there's many moments in this movie where it doesn't have that. But this is um, – this track is called Goat Bait. And I'll, I'll mm. start playing it here a little bit. But um, it's something that's very ominous. And to me – it feels like it almost fits more with the Lost World. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, a bit. Or even E.T. I feel like it's <laughs> kind of like a bit like E.T. 
if it feels like this music could be under the wreck you know when Ajay and Roland are talking about the wreck's nest and sort of in the dark yeah so I don't want to play the whole thing just yet because I was able to you know obviously this is supposed to be under the it's the song is called goat bait the track is called goat bait so it's very clear where it belongs right Mm -hmm. it belongs under the part where they're like okay we're gonna try to tempt the rex now you know we're gonna put a uh a goat out and try to get the rex to come out on our command and it doesn't work but um i was able to t-rex doesn't want to be fed he wants to hunt (laughs) i was able to track down somebody on youtube here um armando marchetti uh that's this account here i have no idea who this person is but um they were able to sync up the oh. the goat bait scene with the music, and I, I I thought it would be interesting to at least take a listen. Yeah, I'll debug the tour program when they get back. Okay, okay. It'll eat a lot of compute cycles. We'll lose part of the system for a while. You know, there's a finite amount of memory. You can't use it for everything. We're gonna compile for half an hour. Go ahead, all of you. We're approaching the Tyrannosaur paddock. kid you never had lamb chops i happen to be a vegetarian t-rex doesn't want to be fat he wants to hunt just suppress 65 million years of gut instinct So I know uh, Caleb couldn't hear that part, but I'll give my impression, I guess. I, I Like I said, I just don't think it really works well. It's super um, ominous sounding, um, and I'll, I'll put the track back on here and kind of cut into the middle a little bit. But again, it's, it's very 
ominous sounding track. It's very, it's very dark and, and kind of, it's got those chains, it's got the vibra slap. It's very, you know, jungly kind of as well, but it's got all kinds of different things. I think it's got triangles and some sort of bells and weird things. And and I, I just think it feels a little too sinister for that sequence, you know, because in that part in the film, we're getting like a little bit of comedy. It kind of changes the, you know, God creates man, man destroys God, God, whatever the, however the quote goes, you know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> if I was on the, the, the pop quiz, I would completely fail at that part because I, I can never get the order right. But, um, it changes that it feels like much more sinister and dire than like, than it, it kind of plays a little bit more playful in the movie. Um, so to me, I love that part because I get to hear the jungle. I get to sit oh, there. Absolutely. With, I get to sit there with the characters and like, not know if the T-Rex is going to come out. And like the music doesn't really inform me whether or not the T-Rex is going to come out, but it makes me like think it's going to be a little bit scarier than it is. Um, so I just, I just feel like it's better to leave it alone. I'm so glad they chose to not add that to the movie, cut yeah. it out and, and leave it as is because it's beautiful to get to hear the, just the jungle, the birds. Some, there's like a good portion where nothing, nobody is talking. It's mm -hmm. just jungle sound effects and it's, it's pretty great. Oh yeah. Uh, and like, we were talking about portions of the movie that don't use score at all. Like this is the most prominent one, this whole section. And then the, you know, the T-Rex breakout scene that sort of parallels, like goes with it. Um, but uh, I don't know. People are going to butcher me if I'm wrong, but it's God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. <laughs> Eat man, woman inherits the earth. There you go. You got it. That's definitely it. I could, <laughs> I could say, I could say you got it right, even though I couldn't do it on my own. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think we got off well there because uh, it's much better without the score. So sorry, John. Yeah. Not a good <laughs> sync. That that didn't work. And unfortunately for Caleb, uh, we have another one of those sequences uh, that, you know, he might not be able to hear. So um, let's go ahead and take a listen to this one, because this is one that um, it's called The Saboteur. And mm. um, it, this was not also not in the film, but it was originally meant to appear under like the portion where alan had like just exited the vehicle and and you know you basically get like i told you how many times we need locking mechanisms on the vehicle doors you know and then they they turn and focus on nedry who is like doing his tasks at his uh at his computer so you get to hear a little bit of the saboteur um so i'll play that now i know caleb won't be able to hear it but uh he, he can listen back and uh and, and hear it on the show <laughs> See, here I am now by myself, uh, uh, talking to myself. That's, that's chaos theory. Stop the program. Stop the program. I told you, how many times we needed locking mechanisms on the vehicle Stop doors? We're on. Notified. Okay. 
so this one actually works pretty well. Like it, it's just like, you know, it's just a very small 48 seconds of, of music. And, you know, it sounds like other stuff that we've heard already, basically, you know, it, uh, doesn't really sound any different than uh, some other tracks. Um, so I, I mean, think there like, are this, other, this one could have passed, other parts you know? of, yeah, no, there are other parts of other cues that sound a lot like this. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like this, but just kind of extra. Yeah. But, and I did want to see, because I thought, it, um, I got to see where I put that and hopefully you can hear it, but, um, uh, where is that in the film? I want to say, um, on the, out on like the 20th anniversary album, it's the coming storm. So like some of that. Uh, but, I don't yeah, know. Did I have my notes here? Um, no, it was, uh, well, I don't know. I don't think it was. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was. I don't have any indication as to whether or not it was on there before, but, um, I'm trying to see where it was in the film. Okay. Here, here's Ian and they've just gotten out of the vehicle. Can you hear this? There's yeah. uh, another okay. example. Here, I'm now by myself. Uh, 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 talking to myself. That's, that's chaos. Dude. That's chaos. Stop the program. So, this is where the music Stop would be. Ah. Uh. I told you how many times we needed locking mechanisms on the vehicle doors. And you basically get a turn towards Nedri, and it's just that ominous, you know, mm -hmm. tone. But it's actually kind of nice, like, to just get some. I like Sounds that we don't control room. We don't overtly signal what Nedry is up to yet. I know? mean, look, we we know he's bad. Like, we, we know, got it but from the yeah. first from the first uh, few minutes of the movie, but like, but it's it's actually pretty interesting. So I would I would highly suggest going to look that up. Uh, you can just go on YouTube and search for the Saboteur Jurassic Park, and it'll be like the first or second video. Um, but yeah, it definitely it feels a little different and it's interesting to kind of go back and watch it without the music because it feels like it works with the music. So that's a, that's kind of the opposite of goat bait where I feel like goat bait didn't necessarily work with the score, but this one totally could have worked. So no problem at all there. Um, and now we're moving on to uh, one sick triceratops. Uh, this is the <laughs> ailing triceratops. Mm. Q from La La Land Records. And on the album, this is called My Friend the Brachiosaurus. Yeah, it mixes up there with um, with My Friend the Brachiosaurus. So it... Mm -hmm. But... Listening, you know, through when you were younger and stuff, you, you could clearly know that this was the Triceratops sequence, not the Brachiosaurus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. It's... It's just... It's almost romantic, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and it's just sweet yep. and emotional, and it's, you know, Alan seeing his favorite dinosaur, and he yeah. gets to hold it in his hands, basically, and it's, this is, you know, you could put this under, like, a a scene in a, a romantic scene in a film or an emotional scene and a more, like, you know, less of a sci-fi adventure film. And it it would work. Um, so it's really interesting that it's this genre of music under the scene, but it works perfectly. 
Mm-hmm. It's just very forlorn and nostalgic. And that's you. So you've mentioned sweet and nostalgic. Those are the two words I, I wrote in my notes here. <laughs> it's just such a sweet, nostalgic-sounding track, like because. The Triceratops was always his favorite. I think it was Steven Spielberg's favorite. It was the first toy that he ever got. Was like I think a Triceratops. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it just feels like falling in love, and that's what you know. That's what Grant did. He, he fell in love with this thing when he was a child or whatever, and he just this is the moment where he gets to express that. And and yes, yeah. and then we beautiful. have doctors. I must suggest that we <laughs> head back to the vehicles. There's a bit of concern here towards the end. Yeah. And the beginning too, but but the beginning yeah. is just like approaching not knowing what's going to be there, you know. Mm-hmm. So, if we go check out my friend the Brachiosaurus. So this, yeah, this is that same part. And then So here we ended. We just ended. And now we this cut is into when they're in the tree. The Brachiosaurus. Yeah. So we just yeah. ended that piece, and now we're going right into the Brachiosaurus piece. And they, those two, do work pretty well together. Mm-hmm. Again, if I'm not very, mistaken, very romantic sounding. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, a bit of the beginning of the ailing triceratops is also in that brachiosaur scene just sort of edited together but yeah maybe yeah i'm not sure um so yeah we'll we'll check out that in a little bit but um but yeah another uh piece there where it's like interesting how they you know thought john was like all right let's just throw these two together it's when humans are up close with some you know uh some some decent dinosaurs that aren't gonna kill them (laughs) um (laughs) And then that brings us to The Coming Storm, Mm. which is one of those tracks that was, you know, uh, it was not released on the JP score, but it was on the 20th anniversary score. And it featured The Coming Storm, but also I think the T-Rex Chase and the Encased Mosquito, which we heard earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. Things feel unbalanced here. There's like, yeah, a lot this of is when chaos brewing. This, I mean, it is when the storm's starting to hit and they're trying to head back to the vehicles. Um, this is when the waves are hitting that barrier, and then go back to this more quiet part, um, which is when Nedry's speaking to his guy on Cap- the dock. Captain says, "We gotta go. We gotta go." <clears throat> just give me 18 minutes. <laughs> Thought I, I could just, push it to 15. I just really want a what if story of of um, no storm approaching and how would this uh-huh. have all gone down? You know, I think that would be a really interesting story. Yeah. So, but that is the coming storm. So if we if we do check out the original or the JP20 uh, rendition of that, where is it? It's track like 19 and you hear this 
what we just heard. I'll skip ahead towards the end here. And then we are going to go... No promises! The T-Rex chase. So there's that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So that's a more abrupt kind of change. It doesn't flow as well as some of the other ones so far. Um, Yeah. But it's interesting to go into this from that kind of like subdued score moment to pure chaos. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) we'll, we'll, We'll... dive into that one more in a little bit as well but it's just an interesting transition there from from the coming storm to the t-rex chase so um yeah anyway that one uh leads us to of course a very interesting part of the score which is very different than anything else and that's dennis steel steals the uh, embryo yeah We've probably talked about this one so much, I feel like, over the years now, but... It's amazing. Yeah. and it... It's completely starkly different from everything yeah. you've heard to this point. Um, it's not... I mean, maybe... I think maybe there's a couple of live musicians on this. The rest of it is all, like, synthesized, played on a keyboard. Like, all of those synths, the, the sort of woodblock that you hear tapping there and um yeah it's all synthesized but and then you have the brass here um it's like espionage secret agent um and if you go listen to another score by john williams for jfk we may do that uh there's a cue on the jfk score called the conspirators i believe And it sounds almost exactly like this. <laughs> so. But perfect genre of music for both scenes that both cues are with. So, And this is another like pretty lengthy track. Um, I love the way he hits him pulling the cold storage open. Yep. Number two. And then he pulls the other one open. It's just, it's incredible. Incredible synchroni- incredible synchronization. So Oof. there's some uh, some more shakuhachi that I was gonna say what was it called the first cue. <laughs> just it's such a wild instrument and it just perfectly it honestly sounds like Billy just printed the 3D, you know, Velociraptor resonating <laughs> chamber. And it was he was in the background, just just in the background the whole time. Like he was there, you just didn't know it, you know. That's been the Raptor <laughs> motif all along. It's been played on that. Yeah. I always try to listen to this cue when it's raining. Oh, of course. Yeah. And it's just perfect. Gonna be driving out in the rain. Driving windshield wipers on on full blast, you know, like one of those kinds of nights. Listen how nineties this is. It's it's just so beautiful nineties, you know, all that synth and the way it it doesn't sound like like great synth. It just sounds so like old and nineties and like like dated. But like but it's dated, but it also describes that moment in time and that 
that vibe so well, you know? Absolutely. It fits with the, you know, the technology of the movie and mm-hmm. the time of the movie. I did a, <laughs> this is so random, I'm sorry, but I did a mashup of Dennis Steals the Embryo with the Lost World main cue. Oh, yeah. Um, and they, they blend together pretty, in some pretty fun ways. Okay. But anyway. It just sounds like a, a Star Wars <laughs> droid in the background, just like being angry or something. Like Chopper <laughs> yeah. is just like, you know. And you have like this muted brass here, like this muted tinny yeah. brass, and it's it's so it's so spy film espionage. It's great. And that that is what Jurassic Park is. Like the the book is just a techno thriller, you know it. And the book oh, yeah. really is much more of a techno thriller than the movie ever was, you know. And I I that's why I appreciate moments of Jurassic World Dominion because it feel like it feels like it brought some of those things back like the spy thriller kind of aspect of the books and I thought that was yeah. pretty great. But this Absolutely. is the perfect, you know, description of that kind of vibe and what, you know, it is the perfect way to bring the book to life. Well, and this speaks to like, you know, the diversity of genre of this score because it's like you 30, 20 minutes ago you had this giant orchestral fanfare <laughs> and now you have synths and woodblock and piano and muted brass like we're in a yeah. spot like it's just like two totally different ends of music it's crazy so that is dennis steals the embryo but we might as well uh take a listen to the conspirators uh again from jfk <laughs> and you'll basically be like well, well this is just the same song <laughs> yeah and this is from 1991 so a few years before jurassic park I'm having a microphone stand malfunction. I'm so sorry. So, 
I'm listening to this as Caleb is muted, and I uh, I muted him because his mic is going wild on the other end. But this is just the perfect music to watch him fool around with the mic and just struggle so hard. <laughs> it's so chaotic. The note structure is all over the place. The mic is flying through the screen. I can't even see him anymore. It just it's perfect. Mr. Hammond, I think we're back in business. <laughs> I was just going to let this play for as long as needed to be. So that is The Conspirators. And you could tell, I mean, there's still much more left to this track. Both tracks are very, uh, very long. So Life will not be contained. Life breaks free, expands to new territories, and crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously. But... I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. That'll do it for another episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening and for joining in this love of the Jurassic franchise. And hey, maybe even more specifically, the score. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey, uh, looking at the score and for reaching out and telling us you love hearing us talk about the score. That means a lot, and we really appreciate any uh, anybody who reaches out and says that they like hearing from us about this topic. So we've got plenty more to come, and uh, a huge thank you to Caleb for joining me on this as well to talk about the scores. I, you know, we talked about it in a previous episode, I think, in the first episode maybe about you know the the moment we decided to go on this journey of talking about the scores, and I think it's played out really great, and I'm I'm very excited for each and every time we get to do this and talk about some music from this franchise and specifically this score just means a lot to kind of reflect on it with somebody who knows so much about it as well so thank you to caleb for joining me here on the show now we have a great episode for next week if you didn't already hear there is so much more to talk about and we wrapped it up still in the middle of this score we have pretty much the other half of this score to go for one more episode. It's going to be a big episode, so please stay tuned. We've got a lot coming, and uh, I'm very excited about that. So without further ado, please stay safe, be kind. Let's continue to fight for representation, change, and equality in the Jurassic franchise, but more importantly, outside of it, in the real world. Please help me make this world a better place. We can do this together. We can. It's possible. Jurassic fans can do this. Let's let's go on this journey together, please. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hand things off to myself for the outro. Take it away. Saddle up. Let's get this movable beast underway. Continue the conversation with us on threads and Instagram. Watch our content on TikTok and YouTube. Find us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com. You'll find today's episode show notes, articles, contributor bios, and so much more. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our website, and wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to follow along 
and share with your friends, family, and fellow Jurassic fans. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We will read your Apple reviews at the end of most episodes, so be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss our Wednesday night live streams, toy hunts, reviews, in-depth bonus content, gameplay, event and theme park coverage on our YouTube channel. If you want to get a hold of us or participate in the Jurassic Mailbag, you can fill out the contact form on our website or send emails and MP3s to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message or just to say hi. That number is 732-825-7763. Thank you so much for listening and as always, enjoy. Enjoy.